Y'all know what time it is. It's the bunt, and we brought to you by Vans, as usual, the number one shoe in skateboarding. Y'all already know the Kyle Walker Pro is the introductory signature model from Thrasher Magazine's 2016 Skater of the Year, Kyle Walker. Dono was a close second in the Sodi voting, but unfortunately for him, he didn't have that Ultra Kush HD, that Duracap, and that Waffle Cup construction that helped take Kyle skating to the next level. But now, with the Kyle Walker Pro Shoe, ain't no trick stopping me, and Kyle Walker definitely ain't getting in my way for 2017 Sodi. What'd this guy grind through? Like seven kinks? Shit, there's always room for one more. And now that I got the Pro Shoe, just a matter of time, baby. Vans Kyle Walker Pro in stores now. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. Okay, let's move on to the switch tray. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> This is my thing. Ain't nobody the king of the switch tray. The ghost is the king. Okay, we'll see. I do up the... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, y'all. Let's get this episode cracking. Y'all know what it is. I'm D. Jones. He's the ghost. And as always, we got Ants One behind the scenes. It is a cool thing. Still. My man, the king of the switch tray. I do up the... <laughs> What's popping this week, G? Yo, this week... We got a fresh interview with Donald's teammate, Aaron Harrington himself. You know what I'm saying? And we taking y'all to the post office, answering them emails. And then you know what time it is. A quick little rundown. Playoffs is popping. The playoffs are definitely popping. The Raptors are not. Something else that's popping is our Facebook. Make sure to like us on there at The Bunt. Our Instagram, hotter than ever, at The Bunt Live. And as always, hit us up at our email, thebuntlive at gmail.com. And if you were curious about our opening skit thing, it's a DJ Khaled quote, and you use it when you're so hyped that you're at a loss for words, and you about to prove yourself. I do up the... <laughs> we'll throw it on Insta. You'll get it. It'll make sense. <laughs> All right. And uh, make sure to subscribe at iTunes. Hit us with that five-star rating and a nice little review. And uh, if you're still bored, man, our SoundCloud page is popping too, the Bun Live. Let's get into why we wanted to interview the main man, Aaron Harrington. Well, the main reason was because you ran into him in Washington and you were like, oh shit, it's Aaron Harrington, my teammate. And uh, we got to get him on the show, you know what I'm saying? He's a real G. Saw him kill it at the Dime Glory Challenge a couple years ago. Been a fan ever since. Valdez challenge, baby. The man's had some uh, banging parts in the Polar video. He had a, a classic in Static. Rise for Polar, like we said. Converse, Christie, probably some donut shop. Man, enough talk. Let's get into the interview. All right, y'all, we got Aaron Harrington in the building. What's going on, man? I'm just chilling. I'm uh, in Oregon right now at my parents' place, or at my dad's place, which is actually in Washington, but it's close to Portland. Hell yeah. All right, so we start every show off the same favorite skateboard moment and favorite sports moment. Ooh, uh, I'll start off with a sports moment. Um, I honestly don't have one. Cool. So. <laughs> Becoming quite common, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, I don't know, probably like when I was a kid or something and like the Utah Jazz like won some game or something, John Stockton. Okay, Carl Malone. Yeah, right, yeah, the mailman. Uh, favorite skateboard moment, honestly, would be getting surprised at like 2000 and, what fucking year is it? Like 2015 or 2014 Transworld Awards and I got Rookie of the Year. And that was probably like my favorite moment so far in my own skating. Hell yeah. But uh, I'd say that at the moment. That's a big one, man. Were you at the Transworld Awards because you got nominated, or was it just a complete surprise? I like flew there, fly me there to like to go to the awards, and then while I was like 
in route there, I had Wi-Fi on the plane, and then the photographer for Converse texted me and was like, yo, I can't wait any longer. Like, I have to tell you, but you won Rookie of the Year. And then I was like, wait, what? Like, I had no clue that I was going there for, like, that at all. Damn. I just thought I was going because there was, a, like, a one-star world tour, like, book release or something. I forget what it was, what the other event was for. But then it was like, oh, you'll just come for the Transworld event. It's good to show face. And then I, like, got the award that year. Definitely a trip. Damn, that's <laughs> I had sick. No fucking clue. That's kind of whack that he ruined the surprise, though. Yeah, right. God damn it, John. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean it was cool because then, like, I kind of knew, you know what I mean? Like, it was there was like a little. I was able to like think of something to say, I guess. But right. So tell us a bit about growing up in Oregon and how you got into skating, got hooked up, and all that good stuff. Um, I got into skating through my brother. Um, my parents got him a skateboard at one point, and then. He just never really used it, just sat there. And um, then I forget like what inspired me to want to start skating, but then I just like picked it up one day and then I just kind of never put it down. And then I like took the grip tape off and I would like re-grip it and like paint the board and like do all this weird shit to it. But uh, growing up in Oregon was sick though because there's so many places to go skate and uh, just so many parks. And like my parents are always super supportive of it and they always just drove me around and kind of definitely without them and growing up in Oregon, I definitely don't think like I would be who I am now. But it was sick, though. I mean, there was definitely like a huge skate scene in my hometown at the time. And then now there's no scene at all. And like no one really skates. And everyone's in yeah. Portland now. And so it's it's nice to come up to Portland and see that. But uh, it was cool. Weather sucked. But besides that, there was always a bunch of skate parks to go to. And um, yeah, just a lot of people skating. It was rad. For sure. So how'd you, uh, how'd you first get hooked up? And uh, who's the first sponsor? Uh, my first sponsor, I think it was the skate shop. It was Slam City Skates, which is funny because there's yeah. Slam City like in England and shit. So Slam City Skates was like my first sponsor. And then after that, I think I was getting, <laughs> it's like embarrassing. Uh, I was like 13 and I was getting like boxes from like ProTech, like getting like helmets and shit. And like, pa- like box- boxes of pads and like... <laughs> Like what? What's a thirteen-year-old kid gonna do with like fi- like ten sets of pads? Like there's like you're not even gonna use one. God damn. Let alone like knee pads, elbow pads, the whole kit. But I was like a helmet kid until I was like fifteen, so it like made sense to me, I guess. And then skating skate parks. And then after that, like my first real like board thing was like getting, <clears throat> sorry, was getting boards from Plan B, and I like got Plan B flow when like Plan B was through Syndrome Distribution. And Jason Maxwell, like the old skater, was like the dude doing it. And that was like my first like real sponsor, sponsor, I feel like. But um, yeah, that was always funny. <laughs> That's sick. Protect, man. <laughs> Gotta get them boxes. Yeah, seriously. Hey, you want that hookup? Yeah, Protect, holla at me. <laughs> so uh, you made the move to New York. Why'd you choose there? I was in San Francisco for like almost three years before that. And then my good friend Waylon Bone and I went to New York just to film and like skate because we were always like, just were obsessed with that vibe and the aesthetic and, you know, like cellar doors and Pulio and Sabac and just like traffic edits and stuff like that. So we wanted to go out there and we skated one summer uh, cause we worked at a high school. So we skated one summer cause we had the summers off. And then we went back the next summer, first night skating. I like rolled my ankle. I probably broke it actually, but whatever, fucked my foot up super bad. And then we kind of just partied and didn't really do anything for a month. And I felt like I blew it. And then I was feeling better. And Waylon and a bunch of people were like, yo, you just should stay here. Like, pay your rent in SF. Don't go back. And then I actually went back to SF uh, like two months ago for the first time in seven years. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just on a whim. Just uh, the day that I was supposed to fly home, Brian De La Torre got me a job at this cafe, Snice. And it's like, you haven't been a skateboarder in New York if you haven't worked for Snice or like Lou Moves You or done like PA work. But yeah, De La was like, yo, just don't fly home. I got you a job first day of training is tomorrow so i like literally just went to work instead of the airport and then like squat squatted in dale oswald apartment for like two weeks and then i moved into the apartment that i have now and i've been in that apartment for seven years damn me that's fucking turned (laughs) yeah it worked out pretty well tell us a little bit about how you got on polar and uh you're going pro story i got on polar because i was filming with josh stewart at the time and No disrespect to anybody, but I was skating for Blood Wizard and Josh was just like, you live out here on the East Coast, they're on the West Coast, like, just quit and just do whatever and I'll hook you up with, like, hops gear, like, anything through through theories, I can get you boards. And I was like, all right, sick. And then there was talk about, like, Palace, Magenta, hops, like, who I could potentially skate for, like, the interests or whatever. 
and then things kind of just like didn't really happen a certain way and then the polar promo came out the um the first one and i'd like just seen that like maybe a month or two before and then josh was like yo Pontus is coming to town with all the polar dudes and they're doing this like diy event and i showed him your footage and he like really wants to meet you and hang out and then over that trip it was just kind of like it just clicked and hanging out with the boys and that was like five years ago. And then the going pro thing happened. It was kind of like a conversation that he always had or that we always had like when I got on and he was like, oh, I want you to like, I want to turn you pro. I want to like give you this opportunity. But I was like 23 or 24 at the time. And I always had this like thing where I wanted to, if I were to become a professional skater, I didn't want it to happen before 25. Because I personally think like 18 and 19 year old pros, it's like, they all deserve it because they're fucking amazing at skating. But it's like, I feel like you might get burnt out on like a personal level if it is so soon, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and then that happened. And then I went to Josh Stewart's house to do some interview and shoot a photo with like these Japanese dudes for a magazine. And it was a setup and there was no Japanese dudes. It was just all my friends and boards on the wall and thousands of donuts. So, <laughs> Damn, that's sick. Yeah. That's dope. So you actually got surprised. Yeah, it's really. I, I still have the clip. Actually, my friend filmed it and like put it to a like a UGK song, and it's it's pretty sick. Yeah, it's all slow mo. It's just like high fives and shit. Yeah, send us that. Yeah, I'll I'll send it over for sure. How long were you on Polar before they turned you pro? Uh, I want to say like a year, maybe, or like maybe a little over a year. Uh, I'm not. I'm really not certain, but like I want to. Oh yeah, like a year probably. That's what's up, man. I, I like that 25 year limit thing. It's uh, probably one of the only people who's like, nah, 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 nah. Like, I got to wait. Nowadays, everyone's down so fast. Yeah. And I was like still working at the time. And I liked, you know, I liked having a job. And I liked the idea of like being a pro skater that like had a job. And I, I don't know. I liked that. And like now I'm, I don't know, don't have a job. But <laughs> yeah, it was just, I always just wanted to wait. I didn't. Now the money's fucking rolling in. <laughs> The, the tax money is coming out. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit what it's about, uh, what it's like working with Pontus. You got a favorite Pontus story for us? Dude, I have a lot of stories. I'm trying to think, man. I mean, like working with him is amazing because you know like what you're doing if he's filming or shooting a photo or doing something, you're always kind of like really inspired and stoked to want to do it because you know it's always going to look good and like he's not going to be satisfied unless he filmed it a particular way. And so that's always really nice. And so he's like easy to work with when you're, you know, you have, have stuff in mind. But um, as far as a favorite story, I mean, just him talking about like, like sex stuff or like girls and just like kind of any story when he's like, yo, so uh, you guys on Tinder? Like, what's good? Like... Uh, you know, like you staying at the hotel tonight, you you got a date, like where are you going? Like almost <laughs> living like living vicariously through you. Yeah, I mean I, I, I like did some stupid shit one time with a chick and then I sacked on a rail the next day. Oh. And uh I, whatever, I ended up like I stayed out kinda all all evening and then I came back like on no sleep and it was like a, the second to last day, if not the last day of like our this trip in Paris. And um yeah, I sacked on this rail, and then he was like, that's what you fucking get. He's like, that's what you get for going out. Like, you you know, you little you deviant. And I was just like, all right. But, like, it totally sucked because I was just like, oh, like, instant karma. And then he had some. he obviously had something to say about it. I think that's one of my favorite, like, moments. That's harsh, yo. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no pity for the ball sack. <laughs> no, not at all. So I read in an interview where uh, Pontus interviews Johnny Wilson. And he says he has a rule where he won't film anyone more than 66 tries. Because if you don't land it within 66 tries, you probably won't land it that day. You agree with him? Yeah, probably. I mean, I've never, I mean, I read it, and I, I've, but I've never thought about that. I kind of, I like that dynamic, though. Like, if you're, if you're not going to do it within X amount of tries, there's definitely, like, no point in continuing to try it and, like, drive yourself fucking crazy all day. But cool. um, I'm actually curious how many tries, 66 tries would be. Like, Yeah, how long does that take? That's what I was thinking. It's got to be at least, like, you know 66 minutes i would believe <laughs> at least you know but at least an hour now you're gonna have to start counting tries when you're with him man no that's what i don't like about it you're counting yeah. tries you're gonna like just go crazy counting down to 66 and then <laughs> put too much pressure on yourself the 65th one for the last try that's true yeah that makes no sense i want to try it though actually like see if you get it 
see how many tries it takes. Because I, I don't know, I'm like pretty particular too with filming. I'm like kind of a bitch about like, if I don't think I'm going to do something in the first place, I don't really want to stress myself out and try it for hours. So I'm always like trying kind of filming things I know or not know I'll do, but like have a heavy belief that I'll be like, okay, I think 15 tries, we, we like really will be out of here, you know? But then there's those days where you do battle something for like three fucking hours and like you just wanted to give up hours before, but then like after the three hours, you're finally rolling away and you're like, oh, thank God I didn't give up. Like yeah. I didn't want to have to come back here. Like the worst yeah. is like two, two three-day battles. Like those ones are the worst. Like knowing you're going back to a spot maybe just to fail again. And then day three, you're like fucking kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> so basically fuck 66 tries. It yeah. makes no sense. I didn't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i mean I, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with it but i i think it's interesting that's a good good filmer dynamic pick a number out of your ass and just that's how many tries you have <laughs> you get 66 exposures and it's a wrap yeah he also said that he considers 10 years to be a good lifespan for a company and you once said in an interview that you and hajalti oh yeah have joked about taking over if the brand is still around what's cracking and how many years into polar are we <laughs> I actually have no idea how many years we're into it. And that and the joke was kind of just like, if Pontus, oh man, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He was just like over at one time, like just bummed. And me and Bialta were just like, oh fuck, man. Like, is this for real? Like, are we going to have to do this? Like, I mean, I don't know the first thing really about business until as of lately, but like, <laughs> that'd be insane. I would have no idea where to start. I'd be like, uh, we're going to lose every account. <laughs> Um, can't pay you guys. You know, I don't know. It would probably crumble. But I, I have no idea how many years we're at. I mean, I've skated for for five. Woo! Yeah. So set. I mean, we got to be at like seven. Pontus is going to be eating his words real soon. <laughs> you have to take that one back for sure. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> We've got a major announcement. The Bunt has just partnered up with Brixton, and we couldn't be happier. Donald, tell him what's good. Founded in 2004, Brixton is the collaboration of three friends who wanted to convey their lifestyle through unique products. The clean classic design of the Brixton collection has a modern yet timeless feel, and each piece is constructed with the commitment to bringing the customers quality product they'll want to hold on to forever. You know we just got a fat box, and goddamn, is we looking fly in them streets. Alright, so the Polar video came out last year, and won European Video of the Year. What was it like filming for that? Any memorable stories? Filming for the Polar video was really dope. Memorable, trying to think. I mean, just going to Malmo and always going to like Paris and stuff, and skating with all the homies, like... Just us going on team trips are always really nice. Uh, most memorable thing. Oh, dude, the premiere was pretty insane in Copenhagen. That was really memorable. Super wild. And then the New York premiere was really fun, too. So definitely those two things. Kept it pretty under wraps with not a leak in the video, eh? You don't see that too much anymore. Yeah, people were pretty on point with it. And it's hard, especially, too, like, unless... Like, it's hard to have hard copies for a DVD. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, to make hard copies and DVDs and, like, sell those and, you know, try to have people, like, give a shit. <laughs> um, instead of it just going straight to fucking Thrasher, which is cool too. Don't get me wrong. I have a beef with the Polar video. I don't know if you're aware, <laughs> but my man Donovan right here is on Polar out, out oh here God. in Canada, skating them Polars, and they didn't even hit my man up for a couple, you know, international guest clips. It's a good idea they didn't. The fuck's going on, Pontus? Damn, yo, fucking yeah. What is what is going on, man? Maybe next time, man. Uh, no stress on that. <laughs> Y'all here? I'll, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you his email. Oh, great! And, yeah, uh, send him my footy. Yeah, no, seriously, we're having we're working on the promo now. You know, for like winter to come out or fall. Y'all are an international thing. Let's get some Canada in that shit, yo. No, seriously, we do. I mean, we had we had Henry, but you know. Oh, little guy moved on. Yep, it's all good. It happens. Who? Uh, Dustin Henry. Oh, Dustin. He was the poor man for a long time. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah. Yo, whatever happened yeah. with uh, Cyrus? Cyrus was on for a quick sec. I was pretty hyped on that. No, it was sick. It was really tight. I love Cyrus' skating, and Cyrus is super dope. Those two dudes uh, never really met in person, and then it just like it just kind of didn't really work out. But, you know, like, they're homies now, and they see each other, but it, I just don't think, like, at the time it really worked out. There was a lack of communication, and 
you know, if you're not into something, you're not into something. So yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, a really dope ad when you got on too. Yeah, that front fifty on like the fence rail thing was really crazy. Thing was crazy. Yeah, dude, it's covered too. That you just had that Transworld cover all oh, into like yeah. the, the steepest brick bank possible off a roof, top rope. Yeah, shit was sick. All right, so it's official at Don Cron Donovan oh, in the next not. Polar video. Turn up, glad we got that covered. Yep, make it happen. Uh, another video you were in <laughs> was the static video. How did it feel being a part of a legendary New York video chronicle that I'm sure you grew up watching and worshiping like we did? <sighs> yeah, I mean, seriously. Um, to this day, I, like seriously, I, I talk about it like it's uh, like to me it was. Actually, you know what? When I say the like my, my favorite moment in skateboarding, that was like oh rookie of the year. That's like some narcissistic shit. Uh, I'd say it is filming with Josh and working on Static. Like that shit was like my favorite time in skating. Um, shout out to Canada working with Jeremy Elkin all the time was really dope. Extremely motivated filmer. Um, I actually saw him the other day. He's working on a video part, so that's also confirmed. So keep your eye out for that. But I just, uh, yeah, working with Josh and like doing that stuff was like the best. Like just working with two dudes that are so motivated to skate. And Josh again is like Pontus, almost even more so. Where like if you're working with Josh, you know it's gonna be for something sick, and like you're gonna be always hyped and happy about what you have like coming out. And honestly, uh, Static Six was a book. So I mean, hopefully, Static Seven will be something that. Is possible to come out or work on can't confirm that but uh that'd be dope i would love to be back out there skating with josh as much as possible hell yeah well static six part was a fucking barn burner you smell me <laughs> definitely need a next static video yeah it's fucking just a it's a picture in a book or picture in a dvd case you know? so uh we got a little info from uh the good friend of the show bobby de kaiser can you tell us a little bit about the time you almost got arrested in the uh johannesburg airport all right so south africa has like multiple different you know whatever cultures i guess and religions and all that stuff so uh apparently the airport like the whole airport's like a muslim state or something so if you're consuming alcohol it obviously has to be within like a bar or somewhere else which is not uncommon anywhere in the airport you know anywhere in the world to not be walking around with beer but mm -hmm. uh I flew from Cape Town to Johannesburg. I got two beers on the flight. I drank one of them. I started feeling pretty tired. And that flight's about 90 minutes. And then Johannesburg to, I can't remember if we flew to Atlanta and then New York or straight to New York, but that flight was like 16 and a half hours. And like, you don't want to fall asleep on the 90 minute flight and then blow mm. it for the 16 and a half hour one. So I drank the one beer and I was like, oh, I'm feeling kind of tired. I should just stay awake and <clears throat> I should just stay awake. And then got off the plane in, in Cape or in Johannesburg. And then I'm in the bathroom taking a piss. And I remember I have this beer in my backpack and I'm like, oh, sick. Like the, the long haul is coming up. I'm going to drink this beer, crack the beer. And then I like turn around, open the door and there's just a cop standing there like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what do you mean? What am I doing? And he's like, you can't be drinking alcohol. Like, this is illegal. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, all right, my bad. And I like just literally like throw it over him into a garbage can. And he's like, what? No, like you're. That's like in. That's like tampering with evidence. Like you can't be doing that. And I'm like, what? What? What do you mean? Like, okay. And he grabs the beer and like hands it back to me. And then I'm like, uh, all right. And like crush the can in my hand. And then just turn around and start pouring it into the sink. And he's like, oh my god, like, what are you do? Oh, you're coming with me. Like, you're detained. Like, I gotta, uh, I'm, you're detained. Or you're going to jail. You're arrested. And I was like, what? I'm arrested? Wait, what the fuck do you mean I'm arrested? And he's like, you're detained. You're coming with me. Like, you're coming to the cell. And I'm like, the cell? Then, <laughs> dude, it was, it was all so quick, but felt like an eternity. But uh, I forget what happened exactly. I, like, was coming out of the restroom. And then I think all the, like, all the team riders, like Jake, Mike, and Lee Berman, and John Colthard were, like, all standing there. And I was like, yo, guys, guys, I'm getting arrested. I'm getting arrested. <laughs> and then uh, people like to call me the liability on tour because of stupid nonsense like this. And... Um, they were like, oh, my God, Aaron is getting arrested. Like, of course he is. <laughs> and then uh, they, like, come with they come with me, and then I'm on the phone. I call my mom, and then, like, immediately I'm like, Mom, I'm getting arrested. Uh, I don't know what to do. Talk to Lee. Give Lee the phone, and then, like, I'm talking to this cop, and he has my passport. He has my phone. He's, like, doing all this shit, writing down all my information. He's on the phone. And then, like, now I'm on the phone with, like, Lee's iPhone talking to uh, Luke Jackson, who's, like, the South uh, Africa converse uh rapper i can't exactly remember what luke does but he's the homie and he's like yeah, uh, all right this is insane you're getting arrested okay hold on two-way call i'm gonna call this lawyer and i'm like on the phone like with <laughs> luke God. like about to be on the phone with a lawyer i have like my phone and 
this dude's just like, yeah, I get the, like, get the van. I got like 10 dudes are going to jail. And Jake Johnson is fucking the man. And he was just like, yo, like, if, you, if he's arrested, I'm arrested. Like, we're like, we're from the United States. We're like all these like, pro skaters. We're doing this article about South Africa. When we go back to America, we're going to slander the country. We're going to tell no one to ever come back here, not to give them your money. We're going to make all the skateboard companies ban South Africa. The dude's like, what? Oh, no, you can't be doing that. You can't say, like, talk negative on South Africa. Like, you can't do that. And then uh, Jason's like, no, I'm doing it. Like, he's like, oh, and if he's arrested, like, I'm arrested. And then I think Mike was rad enough and was like, fuck it, I'm arrested too. And then, like, John Coulthard was like, hey, uh, I mean, no, it's cool. We'll just pay the fine. Like, don't arrest these guys. Like, you know, I, whatever the fine is, I have 500 US dollars in my pocket. You know, like, if there's a fine, we can just pay it now. And he's like, are you fucking bribing me? <laughs> he's like, no, I'm just telling you that, you know, there's $500 in my pocket, US currency. Just saying, if we do have to go somewhere and pay a fine, like, I have the money. And the guy's like, shut up, you're trying to bribe me. And then, you know, this all happened within probably 90 seconds. And then... Next thing you know, the guy was like, did I scare the shit out of you? And I was like, what? Yes. And I'm, mind you, I'm actually on my hands and knees, like begging the dude. And he's like, did I scare the shit out of you? And I'm like, yes, of course. And he's like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Like, go get on your flight. And I was just like, what the hell just Holy happened? Like, this fuck. is insane. Jesus. But I mean, it's probably like five minutes, but it, seriously, I was like sweating bullets. Felt like it was like an hour. But we were at like this little police, like office like kiosk thing in the airport like and it seems so like official and legit and then the dude like oh this is what made me feel all right he was on his phone at one point and he like took his phone down and his phone was like just open he was like never on like the phone it was just, like, <laughs> on, the home, on the home screen so he like puts oh. his phone away and then that's when i'm like on my hands and knees like begging the dude and then he's like did i scare the shit out of you and i was like kind of reluctant like wait a minute your phone and now you're wait yeah i'm scared shitless all right get the fuck out of here damn yo man fucking got you yeah it's not fun yo he should have taken the 500 what the fuck yeah yeah well it was like and he was also saying like two days in jail and then if i were incarcerated or like if i were found guilty it was gonna be two years in jail and I, was like two, I was like i was like two days i was like i want to kill myself after two days let alone you know you tell me two years like it's a wrap i'm out like i'm done especially prison in south africa like Wow. <laughs> what a bully or prison anywhere yeah what a bully dude fuck that guy yo if you're listening fuck you <laughs> guys like i need the van we got 10 guys yeah taking them all ten american 10 americans thinking they can do whatever they want that's actually kind of hilarious i got love for that dude what <laughs> it's that no it's a f- hilarious it's a prank. funny yeah but uh, no for sure it's like he got me you know got him <laughs> that moment of realization though when you see his phone you're like this yeah, and like, and then yeah, moments later, like, yo, you scared? I'm like, oh, you asshole. So, continuing the theme of uh, fucking overseas run-ins, we've heard horror stories about weed in China, and uh, oh, weed. You might have your own. What was uh, your experience with weed in China? Just long story short, don't be retarded and get in a cab with a stranger, especially in China, and um, set your bank limit to like five grand so they can take all your money and you may just be out of there a little quicker. I don't know. It was like just borderline getting kidnapped and it was not fun, but I don't know, it's super fuck. in depth. It's a, it's a wild story, but fuck. I, I actually think I recently, uh, there's a Jinkum thing coming out and I like explain it, the whole thing in that. So it, it, it's a long one. It'd be like 20 minutes right now. I mean, just like going on about it. Jesus. Fuck. I, I kind of want to break it down, but whatever. Just like Chinese no, mobsters. Down, like, man. Break all right, here down. we go. Chinese mobsters, like four of the biggest dudes you've ever seen in your life. And then like the tallest dude, like Armani suit, Louis Vuitton iPad case, credit card scanner, calculator, and like an accountant. And then like them just telling you like, you owe this much money. And you're like, what? That's not even possible. And then they're like, you owe this much money. And you're like, but why? Like, how? How is that even feasible? And they're just like, you do. And then you're like, okay. And then like, you know, they have all your shit. Like they have like your credit cards and everything. Cause you know, you have like two of the biggest dudes holding you down in a chair. And then, uh, <laughs> what is happening? Then, How do you yeah, get in that position? Got in a cab with a stranger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it just, so, I mean, I guess the scam is like, if you're like a rich businessman, like they, they ask you like sexy lady massage and then they offer you like kind of, you know, everything 
down the down the list and you're like yeah sure this and this and this and they're like all right cool come with me like two minutes in this cab and the next thing you know you're just fucking in a room like just getting shook down you know what i mean and i don't know it's stupid you kind of just would re- you should i should have never gone in there but i was kind of reluctant i was like yo i'm in china like i need some weed like fuck and then you know <laughs> i was there and next thing you know i'm like just being let free and i'm like what the hell just happened but like they tried to take like $2,900 out of my bank account and I was like yo I got 2100 in there you run it for 21 you get it all day but like 29 you're not getting shit and they're like change your bank limit change your bank limit and I'm like no nah, it's like literally all my money like, $2,100 there's no like I can't change my limit like there's no like there's no limit to met, to reach like run it for that a thousand you, like you'll you'll get it you know but 2900 that literally does not exist right now and uh then I got taken to an ATM and they ran my card at an ATM like fucking 20 times. And then they took like the $1,500 Chinese I had, which was like 135 bucks and uh, went on to the next dude. But I mean, imagine you're like a fucking, you know, like millionaire businessman and you're like doing some scandalous, sketchy shit. And like they like filming you, they'll just blackmail the hell out of you. Jesus. And like you're like going to be so intimidated, like, but they knew like that I just didn't have money. They just knew I was broke. <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm a skater. Look at me. I'm like sweating, like sweating my ass off right now. Like I'm like in dirty clothes. Like, was it at night? Like how did you get into the situation to begin with? We were staying like East Nanjing Road or it was like Nanjing Junction, which is like East and West Nanjing. It's like these two roads like meet and it's like the Times Square and it's like same thing like if you were in Times Square, I guess, and you're just walking around people are like, yo, weed, weed, kush, kush. And you're just like yeah. kind of same thing. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, what's good? <laughs> and then it was just like, I don't know why I would like tr- ever trust anybody like that you know god but damn desperate yo it's a little it's a little it's a little rated r <laughs> sounds like a movie of some sort though. so you were at the dime glory challenge two years ago and won the valdez challenge how come you weren't there last summer to defend your title and uh we're gonna see you back there th- for the next one um yeah i was speaking to antoine a few weeks ago about it definitely will be there I'm trying to remember what i was doing i think it was Oh, okay. I was in uh, I was in Malmo and Copenhagen um, skating with the polar dudes, and then that trip went was like running pretty long, and then um, I want to say Copenhagen Pro happened like right around the same time, or just or like just before it, and then I ended up staying I ended up staying somewhere on a skate trip to skate with the polar guys, and just couldn't make it. Couldn't be in two places at once. You missed an epic one, but sounds like uh, we might see you this summer. So that's fucking butter. I'll be there. Uh, what's up with you and donuts? Seem to have a lot of them in your graphics for a while. What's the story with the donuts? Really, it's like uh, in my hometown, Corvallis, there's this place, Grandma Dama Donuts. And uh, <laughs> such a funny name. Uh, and just I just would always go there like over the weekends with like my family and my dad and my brother and stuff. And we just always eat donuts. And then I was just always obsessed with like, you know, like you have like cinnamon twist, but it'd be like a cinnamon twist donut, but like with chocolate on it, like chocolate frosted twist donut. And that was just always my favorite as a kid. And then I just always ate them. And then when I moved to SF, it was like, there's like Chinese food and donut places like everywhere. It's like they sell Chinese food and they also make donuts. <laughs> and then like, that's just like a West Coast thing. I feel like is these donuts that are like so fluffy and like have like lard in them or something. Like they're like so gnarly, but they're like, they literally like, like if you're used to eating like Dunkin' Donuts and you're like, oh, Dunkin's the shit. You have no idea what a donut is. Like, you have to eat, like, the West Coast donut. Like, you can even go to L.A. and go to any of those shitty, like, Vietnamese, Chinese Chinese family-owned donut spots that just, like, look so sketchy and they're selling heroin out of it or something. Go in there, get a dozen. I'm sure you'll eat almost all of it in a day. Like, they're just so fluffy and... And Dunkin' Donuts are trash, though. Like, those donuts yeah, sure. are terrible. I mean, but, like, people people are like, oh, I love donuts. Like, Dunkin's yeah. so sick. I'm like... Ugh. I'm like Drake meme, fall back. <laughs> I was just down there. They're good. Dungan's good for the the iced coffee and the hash browns. That's about it. Yeah, the hash browns are good for sure. I mean, it's like it is what it is. It's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's accessible. The little popums are good too. Like the little donut hole things. What do they call them? The Munchkins down there. Yeah, up that's here what we call them Timbits. <laughs> yeah, Timbits. Tim Hortons, man. <laughs> Did you ever hear a little while ago there was a uh, what was it like a fake interview? On Slap of You, it said that you uh, quit cons and opened up a donut shop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. That was funny, too, because I got, like, I kind of got heat for that, too, I feel like. I feel like there was, uh, 
No, oh no, I know what it was. I read the interview and I had to like, I sent it to my team managers to make sure they knew it wasn't real. <laughs> I was like, yo, you guys know this ain't real, right? And they're like, yeah, we saw it. Like, we're not dumb. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're just making sure. Because <laughs> that's like, because seriously, there's people that are like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah. Like, why? Like, because I think I also like talked shit on Pontus in the interview. Like, there was like multiple things where it was like me bagging on my sponsors and it like, just wasn't real whatsoever. And then, I also want to say some kid came out, like the person who did it told me they did it, like via DM, but I can't can't recall. But wow. <laughs> that shit was that shit was funny though. It's pretty flattering that someone wants to write a fake interview. Pretty crazy. Like yeah. he told you after the fact? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to yeah, I'm pretty certain the dude like hit me up about it. That's fucking weird. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. So you mentioned a little bit before you're you're learning more about business and I'm guessing you were referring to Christy, what's up with uh, your new company? Is it is it yours? Uh, it's Pepsi Kim and myself, um, okay. or Pep Kim. Because if I say Pepsi, like I literally had this conversation the other day, and my friend was like, "But wait, so like, what's the shareholding with like Pepsi? Like, like how much of the brand do they own?" <laughs> and I was like, "Nah, fool. Like that's my friend's name. His name's Pepsi." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, that's why you're calling him Pep." And I was like, "Yeah, no shit." <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean it's like Pepsi. I mean it's it's our brand, but it's it's mostly uh, Pep Kims. I mean I'm just like I don't even want to say like team manager, but just like you know if there were to be such such a thing. But just that and like it's a sock brand, but also we make garments. And this past season we maybe kind of made too many garments, so there was a lot of clothing and a little bit of confusion as to what our direction was. Mm-hmm. Um, but mainly it was just an idea to like create socks uh, with a full like actual skateboard influence not saying that like other brands out there aren't doing that but we wanted kind of just like just kind of like what theories does like josh sponsors and helps out a lot of the like his favorite skaters which are a lot of his friends and like that's what i want to do as well as people that i think actually really deserve like being in skating and the people that i'm super psyched on and i'm also fortunate enough to be friends with them like i want them to be i just want all of us to be a part of something that we have like an equal say and we ha- like, oh, I want to do a collaboration with GX. Oh, I want to try to do this or that. Like just having like that freedom, you know, and the ability to just have our friends be involved with something. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's socks and clothing, but mostly uh, I, I want to say we're just trying to focus on making, making good socks. Oh yeah. Uh, That's just up. no quitters. We don't want our socks to, to fall down. <laughs> so um, rewind back. I remember you mentioning about 30 seconds ago, something about, too many garments um Mm -hmm. i was just wondering uh if you need somewhere to store some of those garments you know i'm saying a little box might be appreciated uh towards the north no 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 i can store some some garments on my feet still yeah yeah storage locker i got you (laughs) um more or less more or less i meant uh just making making too much product uh in the sense of now people think like oh you guys are a clothing company and i'm like ah that's you know uh not exactly what the direction we want more just towards socks so oh okay okay yeah. okay so you don't need me to store some of that extra gear <laughs> got you like come on <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah i got i mean dude there's a bunch of gx gear in my apartment too i can i can throw some gx stuff in there Oof. you know a smile on his face now god damn yo i'm wide awake up i'm wide awake now (laughs) you need his address yeah yeah i should send it over what's next for aaron harrington i'm in portland right now and then we're just we're working on a i'm not even sure if i'm supposed to say this so fuck it but Working on a full-length Converse video, Jeez. so we're doing that. And then, like I was saying, there's um, a Polar promo that we're working on, full HD joint. Everyone now has that Panasonic HPX camera, so it makes it really easy to just go out and film and uh, just keep filming and just keep traveling. I mean, I go home to New York for five days, and then I go to Athens for like two weeks or something, and then I come back for five days and go somewhere else and just keep it going, man. I'm, I used to hate traveling, but now I'm at the point where I don't even want to go home. Don't stop, man. Don't That's stop. so sick. Yeah, Bobby was saying that the uh, Converse tour ain't stopping, man. No, no, it's it's sick too. I mean, it's it's also it's rad too. Like getting because then we get to like see each other all the time and like you know like 
like Bobby, for example, I'll kiss his ass a little bit. Like he's one of my favorite skaters. So getting to like, oh shit, this dude's like my teammate. And now I get to like skate with him all the time, you know? And like, I don't know, that's just sick. It's it's also cool too. Like Lee Berman, our team manager, shout out to him. He wants to travel the world more than we want to. So uh, that always makes it really easy to go traveling when your team manager wants to stay busy. Well, if you got any extra spots, you know, we're down for Athens. Yeah, yeah dude, I mean, dude, uh, there's, like, a lot of people they keep forgetting to book tickets for. I don't know what they're doing. They, like, forget, like, so many of my homies. They're like, yo, yeah, you know. Like, Dustin Egling, like, I don't know how he, they've forgotten, like, 20 tickets for him. <laughs> <laughs> or get Dutchmaster Delaney out there, man. He needs to get in that video. <laughs> Serious, I think there's been a few times where, like, Delaney's like, yo, I'm, I'm here at the He's airport. He's here, man. You guys didn't, you didn't book a flight. And then, you know, so... <laughs> I had to fly his uh, by himself out to Washington to get on that trip. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he had to fly. Uh, he had to fly forty minutes to Washington. Catch up with y'all. <laughs> you catch up. Ha <laughs> ha! Y'all know what time it is. It's rapid fire with the ghost baby. And this week we brought to you by Nine Times Skate Shop in Saskatoon. Make sure you get in there and get that Polar Spring 17 line made in Europe with the finest quality. So get there while you can. Nine Times Skate Shop, Saskatoon, in-store or online at ninetimesskateshop.com. And while you're at it, grab an Aaron Harrington board. All right, you ready? Yeah. Favorite skater? All right, right now, Diego Nahara, And then all time, Mark Gonzalez. Duh. Favorite video? 411, issue number 17. Or mainly just YouTube, uh, First Division Wheels, Industry Section, Fairman's Shop Check, and the Pier 7 Spot Check. Favorite video part? It's not my favorite, but I really like Kevin Coakley and making friends with the color blue. I really like that part. Favorite style? Anyone who's goofy-footed, because they always look better on a skateboard. No, favorite style was... Um, I mean, Ritz again, I mean, like I was saying, I mean, I, really, I like the Kaiser style right now. That one's sick. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. Bobby DeKaiser. Favorite trick? Fakey flip. Hardest trick for you? Uh, I've never back nose blunted a thing in my life. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? It's yet to come out. No spoilers, Doc? Nah, no spoilers. Most illegal trick? Putting your foot on the ground in 2017. <laughs> Other than pushing. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Milton Martinez, uh, the Argentinian homie who skates for Creature and Converse. If you remember, I think it's in like cataclysmic abyss cory duffel's last trick he like ollies off like a bridge rafter like into the biggest steepest bank ever it's like a 30 foot tall bank and it's like literally off like a 12 foot drop like off a rafter like a huge spot and uh i think it's in the one star world tour video but milton does a kickflip into it and he did it third try but i was like certain i was like he's gonna blow his knees out like running down the bank but he did a third try, like, and he rides super loose trucks, so he, like, kick-flipped in and, like, kind of squirrely down for the first, like, 10 feet of the bank. But, like, it, dude, it was insanity. Like, things, like, you wouldn't even drop in on it. Like, wow. someone has to give you, like, $100 just to be like, all right, yeah, I'm going to drop in on this. <laughs> Worst bunt of your career? Backside flip El Toro. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I tried this no-comply kickflip uh, in the Polar video. I, like, no-comply off a parking block over, like, a, a bus stop bench. And I tried to do no comply flip over it for like nine hours. I went back three times, three hours every time. And I, I kind of claim that the parking block is, if they're too tall, you can't hit your tail properly and the board's not going to flip. And uh, I've done it over garbage cans, like in parking lots, like third try and it just works. And then every time I went back to this bench, I like just couldn't do it. And like, I just always wanted to do it. It was something that I like, it, I just, like, I don't know, a personal goal and i just couldn't fucking do it and the and this dude that works at the wendy's it was, it's at a wendy's on flatbush and uh the dude kicked me out this the same dude kicked me out every single day and i was like why do you give a shit you work at fucking <laughs> wendy's why do you fucking care like I, and he's like you're running through my parking lot i'm like so what like it doesn't matter like i'm in it's a parking lot and yeah, the dude would just like like call the police every time and like i was just like dude you suck and then recently I was skating in the same spot again, a different way. And this has been like probably at least two years since I did, I was trying the no comply flip and I was trying something completely different. Like two years later and this same fucking dude, like didn't even walk out of Wendy's this time. He like came walking across the street, like plain clothes with like Chinese food takeout. And he's like, he's like I'm calling the police. He's like, I know what? you, it's you again. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I'm like, 
how? Like, how do you know this? And like, why do you fucking care? But this time I was skating it on the sidewalk. Like I wasn't even in the parking lot. And he's like, I'm calling the police. And then the police actually showed up like nine wow. seconds later. I was like, what is happening? Fucking weirdo. What trick was the biggest battle for you to land? I like back three that bar hop and on Whitlock Avenue in the polar video. I think it's like my last trick. That was another like multiple times going back. And uh, I was actually kind of disappointed with the way I did it because I didn't really spin the full way. But uh, but whatever, that one took a long time. That was like another like three hours every time, like just taking too long. And then the no comply pivot grind into like the bank at the Bronx Courthouse. That was like a few hours. And that one was like, that one just felt like I was literally just kicking my board at a ledge. Like it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. And a scooter kick cut me off and I landed at that try. Hell yeah. Yeah, I blacked out. The scoot literally I was sharing the spot with a scooter kid and he was filming VX wearing like Huff and Quarter Snacks gear, which was like really hilarious. And the kid was like I guess good at scootering, like he was like tail whip manually in the spot. And uh when I sh- when I showed up and like he was already there and I was like, "Yo, like when you're going that way, I'm going to go. When I'm walking back, you can go. And we're just going to kind of share the spot." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, for sure." And then the try that I landed it, I like throw down and the kid cuts, but he snakes me and like does tail whip manual and like gets his trick. And I'm literally like three seconds, like two seconds behind him. And I like, like, I'm like looking at him and I'm like, do the no comply pivot grind. And I'm like rolling off the ledge and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like just fully blacked out. And then, uh, the kid, I like land, land the trick, roll into the street. And I'm like, what's happening? And like, turn around, walk up the stairs. And there's like two cops coming out of the courthouse to kick us out. And the kid was like, dude, I'm so sorry, man. My bad. Like, the cops are coming. I just wanted to get one more try. <laughs> wow. I was like, nah, dude. I gave the kid a hug. I was like, nah, man. Thank you so much. Like, good looks. Like, you don't even know. Like, you just saved me, like, God knows how many days or hours. Like, thank you. That's amazing, yo. Once again, fuck the Pontus rule. <laughs> yeah, right. No 66 <laughs> tries. 600 tries. Um, that's, that's fucking awesome. Scooters for life. Scooters for wife? What? Dude, yeah, well, I, I, I swear to God, the kid was wearing a Quarter Snacks windbreaker, like Huff Weed socks, <laughs> like Vans Eras, and then uh, I, I swear the kid was like, yo, do you skate for Polar? Like, after I did the trick and we were, like, leaving, and I was like, yeah, for sure, and he's like, oh, that's so sick, and I was like, this kid's, like, scooters, but is like, yeah. so, re- like, knows all the relevancy of, like, what he's wearing and shit. Wow. To just start skating. What a weirdo. Yeah, I might have to send him a Christy box. <laughs> send him the ghosts, Christy box. Oh no. Yeah, right. Who's your guilty pleasure skater? Oh, Bucky Lassick's really sick, what? actually. Like that bull that bull party came out with like a while back. If you guys saw that. <laughs> yeah. Where he's like skating like a thirty foot deep bull with like a like ten foot flat bar and he's like back nose blunting it. Like <laughs> over a like a pocket. That was pretty crazy. Favorite local brand? Theories. Their boards are really sick. Favorite local skater? I like all Johnny Wilson's like crew, all, all those guys. Cyrus and Andrew, Vincent Tujeri, all those dudes are really good. Favorite teammate ever? Uh, Mike Anderson. Worst company? Rockstar Bearings. Worst trend? All of them. Worst style? No one can have the worst style. Style, yo. Everyone's got it. Safe. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? Harry Jumanji, but also the dude you want on the sesh, and and this other kid that will re- remain nameless. Oh no, you gotta Come give on, us this other kid. <laughs> Some. No, I can't. I can't. All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up the interview with Aaron, my man. Thank you so much for doing this. No, no doubt, no problem. I probably sound like a fucking moron. We do every week, dog. Don't worry. <laughs> it's perfect. Fuck yeah. All right, man. Take care, guys. Welcome to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week it's all about Stan Sock's 40th anniversary Star Wars collection. The collection features hand-drawn illustrations of Chewbacca, Han Solo, Darth Vader, and all of your other favorite Star Wars characters. Make sure you get yours now, because these definitely ain't going to be around for long. Stan Sock's, baby. The only way. You've got mail.
All right, first up, we got an email from Homer Hill. Hey, fellas, really enjoy your show. Was wondering what your favorite Canadian non-skate clothing companies are, uh, aside from Roots. I'm going to go with the young homie, Ronan McGee, Apartment 224. Bless up. Look him up on Instagram. Hit up that big cartel. Get you some Apartment 224, man. I'm going to go with... Muttonhead for show, man. Shouts out to Megan Mel, Big Unge. They killing it, man. Can't say much uh, much more than that. Most definitely. Apartment 224, Muttonhead. Go and get you some. Soon to be the bunt clothing, yo. Your head up. <laughs> All right, next up, we got an email from David Atkinson. What's up, Ghost and D. Jones? Hello from London, and I'm not talking Ontario. Whew, it's worldwide. Love the show, especially that deep knowledge on the VHS era. And whenever I'm feeling down, save his UK grime chat makes me chuckle still. Fuck yeah, Deggy. Oi, mate. Bro, <laughs> mad thing. Go and get the food, bro. <laughs> All right, Duchesne. Hit, it, hit the brakes, dog. Two questions here for each of you. Who's your favorite English skateboarder and your favorite English grime artist? And bonus question, English skateboarder with the worst style. Keep banging out the best skate podcast. The Grant Patterson episode was too good. Cheers, Swiss Dave. All right, try and do the skater first. I'm going with Chewy Cannon. Dolly Tail Fakey, frontside half cab. Love that combo. I'm going to go with Tom Penny. Legend, can't go wrong. Cannot go wrong. Danny Brady, shout out to. All right, as far as grime artists, I mean, sounds cheesy, but this is the the man that got me into grime. It's going Skepta for sure. Probably uh, the best concert I ever been to as well. Me and my dog right beside me had uh, front row seats to Skeppy and uh, smash that shit. Real talk, real talk. If you're taking Skepta, I gotta go gigs. Landlord album, fucking instant classic. And uh, for the bonus question, English skateboarder with the worst style, go with uh, Leo Valls, wherever the fuck he's from. <laughs> I guess I'll fucking go with uh, Blondie. Why you guess, man? I don't know enough English skaters to. Yeah, I know. Put know us, got backed us into there. a corner there, dog. But hey, you got two. All right, next up, we got an email from Nick. Yo, Stew. <laughs> Fucking hey, you guys are nailing it. Definitely the best podcast in the skate game. Hey, yo, put some respect on Safa and Donovan's names. You feel me? Damn, B. Respect, Nick. We feel you. All right, so question is which pro skater do you think has the kookiest sponsors? And his example is Cody Mack, and his sponsors are Blind, DVS, Key Street Clothing, Tensor Trucks, Wreck Wheels, Bones Bearings, Grizzly Grip, Diamond, OC Ramps, Danison Toothpicks, Was Watches, and Lacorda Threads. Jesus. That's too much, man. And then he says, how many clothing companies does it take to dress <laughs> this no-lip lesbian Oh, shots fired. I like the cut of this guy's jib. Yo, Nick, write some more emails, fam. Pains me to say this because I do like this guy, but his sponsors are just fucked up, man. I'm going to go with Manny Santiago for the reasons I'm about to state. Echo Unlimited, Rockstar Energy, Fortune Skateboards, Braven Audio. Like, it's too much. It's too wild for me. I'm going with Manny. True, true. I'm going to go with Moose. Seemed like he was on the right path with the fucking Baker boys and shit, but these days, Mystery 2.0, Filament Brand, and Neff. That's a deadly three right there. All right, next up, we got an email from Chris Kluder. Hi, The Bunt. What's up from Vienna? First off, your podcast is one of my favorites. I listen to The Bunt whenever I'm in the gym. I've been wanting to start skateboarding ever since meeting Al Partnin last year at, at the energy store in vienna thanks to the bun i'm getting used to the skater lingo and feel as the real deal one quick question that will help clear up an argument i've had with my friend thomas what's the difference between a front side and backside board slide thomas says backside is when you slide with your body facing the direction you're sliding but how can that be shouldn't that be called a front side board slide that's what we call it when we snowboard in german really appreciate the tip and keep up the good work ghost Handle this real quick. Yo, shouts to you, Chris. We love our international listeners and we love our noob skaters. I don't even know how you found this podcast, <laughs> uh, but shouts to you. And believe it or not, I used to be confused by that when I was first skating too. I didn't understand how a backside board slide, you were sliding like 
facing front side, I guess, like a front side 180. But uh, the quick answer to your question is anytime you roll up to an obstacle, like a ledge or a rail, and you roll up and it's behind you, it's on your backside, it's going to be a backside trick. That's uh, how it works. And then front side, board side's front side because you roll up and it's just like a front side 50-50. It's in front of you. It's a front side board slide, even though you're going backwards. So your, your buddy uh, Thomas is right. Give him a high five or something. <laughs> Give Al Parton a high five for me too if you ever see him again. And yeah, keep shredding, Deggy. Send us a clip of you doing a board slide. All right, next up, we got an email from Aaron Szat. Greetings, gentlemen. My name is Aaron, and I'm the listener who came up to Donovan and the crew on the streets in D.C. Pardon me for not introducing myself then. My question is, does a trick count if it's done in a skate park? Please tell these kids the harsh truth here. Keep the shit talk coming. It's music to the ears of this old skater. And P.S. for the record, I'm an economist and not a businessman. Sorry about the confusion there. Yo, thank you for emailing. Uh, use, a, use a real one, Aaron. As far as does a trick count if it's done in a skate park, I mean, nowadays everything's different with Instagram and shit, but there should never be a skate park trick in anyone's video part if uh, if that's what you mean. Uh, yeah, except for transition, obviously. Turn up, man. Obviously it counts. He did the trick, but no one really wants to see it in a video. Yeah, street, street obstacles in video parts are obviously illegal. And transition, bowl... That kind of crazy shit. 100% legal. Shouts out to Aaron. Thanks for emailing. Next up, we got an email from Ian Coughlin. What's up, guys? My roommate and I are both in the freelance media production game, and we're always listening to the latest episode at the office, aka our apartment, usually over some breakfast and a cup of coffee, which has us wondering, what's up with the Bunt official merchandise? Would love to sip my coffee in style in some kind of barn burner mug, for instance. Woo! Y'all got any plans to run this operation to the bank with some gear? Keep it up. The pot is awesome. My man, perfect timing for this email. Answer the man's question, ghost. Stay tuned. Coming soon, G. All right, next up, we got an email from Patricio. First off, respect for remembering imaginary when someone asked uh, about Toronto board brands. My question is for Dono. What's your favorite Scarborough spot? And parks don't count. That includes Warden and Ellesmere. Keep it up, boys. You are killing it. Love. Damn, I love these questions about Scarborough. It holds a, a big spot in my heart. When I was growing up, it was definitely the plaza at Birchmount and Danforth, the Pizza Hut five stair with the rail. You throw the swing the fence around, maybe hop over if you're feeling your pop. So that was my favorite spot growing up, 100%. If I had to throw another one in there, it'd be Scarborough Town Center, the double set, three flat three. Shouts out to skateboard Jake's, banging him over the head with a kickflip back in the day. What'd you do down that again? Let me Switch guess. 180. Switch 180. Come on, son. What do you think? Got right away regs. You feel me? All right. Next up, we got an email from Theodore Barrow. Ledge tricks. Locked in or skip and dip? What up, the bunt? Longtime listener over here. Thanks for everything you do on some stalker shit. I see you dudes on the gram. I noticed that you have different skating styles. While the ghost seems more late 90s logic video, classically trained, locking into ledge tricks and switch nose grinding the whole ledge at Dumbat. Damn, yo, this guy. Don seems more prone to pop onto something on a higher ledge and whip out early. My question is for both of you. And that's one of the pros and or cons of these two different approaches to ledge skating. I try to lock, but dinking can be fun. <laughs> And I'll spend a lot of time talking about flat ground and less time talking about ledge work. So I want to know what's really good on those benches still. P.S. When was the last time either of you landed a straight eight? Peace, fellas. I've never landed a straight eight. First of all, are you insane with that analysis of our skateboarding through Instagram? <laughs> He's pretty, pretty point on with me. I ain't, You know me. I ain't never grinding anything too long. No, I'm not saying the Unless analysis. Unless it's a back five oh not saying the analysis is off i'm just saying that he did that who and like what what do you mean bro you're on this you're talking about your skating obviously peeps are gonna they're gonna search you up man guy did a little research on I know, you researching skaters it's every just week the most random question of all time what was the question even <laughs> what are the pros and cons to these two different approaches to ledge skating i don't think man there's pros and cons for both of them so at the end of the day whatever you want to do uh, I don't even get the question. Not sure there's a question there. So, 
We're going to go to the PS question. When was the last time either of you landed a straight eight? Uh, I landed one a couple weeks ago with Morgan, I think. Oh, no, we both fell on switch flip, actually, in the game of skate. So I have no fucking clue. Anyone who knows me knows that most tricks I can land in a row is three, and that usually takes a long time. Yeah, Donovan takes about 48 minutes to warm up. Oh, I'm better now. We move from 50-50 to 5-0. I'm better at that shit now, dog. Come on. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to be harsh. That question was just so weird. Uh, I like grinding ledges long. I don't know why. It just fucking feels good to hold your fucking grind. And I also jib tricks too. Like, you can't put uh, either of us in a box. It's not like Dono can't fucking nose grind a whole ledge. Can't fucking see a couple Instagram clips and know the whole story. All right, Theo. I was down with your question. Clearly safe. Uh, felt otherwise. The shouts for emailing though. Still yeah, that's the love. homie. You know that's my dog right here. Keep hollering. And uh, damn, on a low note, that's going to end the post office for this week. Shouts out to everyone with them emails. Keep sending them in. Safer, man. Be nicer with your answers next week, G. I All right, y'all know what time it is. Skateboard World Source for Sports, the rundown. As always, we starting with the NBA. It's playoff season, lots to talk about. My dog, what is LeBron doing to the Raptors? And uh, I have one question for you. If you're in a playoff game in the NBA and a man spins the ball on his hand twice, what would you do? Slap the shit out of the ball. Keep like, going. Just flagrant foul just because. Push him into the bench. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being as soft as possible, how soft is this Raptors team looking in this series, bro? Looking like straight trash. I feel like Dwayne Casey should have got fired two years ago when they got swept by the Wizards. Last year's conference finals run was a complete fluke. But winning games three and four was awesome. The Bucks gave us all we could handle. Fuck. The Cavs flipped that switch. You know what I'm saying? It's a wrap out here. All right, moving on from that series because fuck, that, that, that's depressing. A series that I am loving watching, Boston and Washington. Man, this series has it all. I hope it goes seven games with no more suspensions. But Kelly Oubre Jr. must have mistaken what sport he was playing. He got all hyped up in the M NHL playoffs as well. With the body check heard around the NBA world, should the man have been suspended or not? Yes, a little too harsh of a body check to not get suspended. He like got up off the ground and like took five huge steps, full momentum, smashed Ubre to the ground. I mean, uh, Olenek to the ground. It was, it was a fucking jokes ass play. Olenek didn't see it coming, went flying. And just because he didn't use his hands and throw a punch, if they didn't suspend him, other people might start doing it. And uh, it's not a good precedent to set. So um, one thing I'm learning over the course of this uh, NBA playoffs is that I really think John Wall might be the king of the trash talk in the NBA. If not him, who, who would you take over him? 1,000% Draymond Green. Moving on to the next series, we got the Rockets up against the Spurs, a battle of two very different superstars, Kawhi Leonard and James Harden. You had to pick one man to start your franchise. Who are you taking? That's an extremely, extremely difficult question to answer. But after much thought, I'm going with Kawhi Leonard because there's two ends to the floor. You got to play defense on one of them. And Kawhi, one defensive player of the year twice in a row. And he's a top three uh, contender for it this year, as well as his offense taking off and getting better every damn year. Uh, I got to go Kawhi Leonard. And that's not to hate on James Harden, who I think is the MVP of the league this year. But yeah, Kawhi gets the uh, the slight nod. I'd go with Kawhi as well. One more series that we haven't touched on this episode. I really don't think we need to talk about the Warriors until the finals, but anything you want to say? I just thought it was funny that uh, after Durant dropped 38 and I think 13 rebounds in game three, Rudy Gobert, for some reason, scrolled all the way back on his Twitter to the day Durant signed with the Warriors and deleted his his tweet that said, there's only one ball. <laughs> After a little kerfuffle 
uh, with Rudy late in the game. Uh, I guess Durant got in his head and he's eating his words because yes, there is only one ball, but Durant found a way to mesh perfectly with that team and goddamn collision course to the finals. This could be the first time in NBA history two teams go to the finals 12-0 and and we're going to be in for a fucking hell of a showdown. I really, really hate hearing Kevin Durant talk, man. All right, man, let's move over to the NHL, dog. We got a heated series going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. Peter Peter Crosby. Sidney Crosby was diagnosed with a concussion. (laughs) You're such a liar. I swear. Oh, my God. When the fuck would I talk about that fool? Uh, Sidney Crosby was diagnosed with a concussion, missed one game, and now he's back. What's really good? I said fucking Peter. Have some respect, man. The age-old battle. I remember back in the day when I was first hearing about Sid the Kid. Uh, it was all about Ovechkin and him, who's the best, battling for most points in the season and shit like that. What's really popping these days? Well, it's there's no question no more. Sidney Crosby is clearly the best player on planet Earth. But uh, I really think Matt Niskanen, and I don't want to sound like a dirty player or anything, but... He should have finished Sidney Crosby off once and for all if he really wanted the Washington Capitals to win this series because they're done, man. They're toast. They got lucky on home ice. uh, I think it was last game. But uh, stick a fork in them, man. Pittsburgh's going for a long run. Uh, Moving on to the Anaheim Oilers series. Anaheim was losing 3-0. And with three minutes left, somehow found a way to tie it with a controversial goal and uh, went on to win it in overtime. The fuck's really good. That's a barn burner right there. That's a hell of a fucking barn burner, man. I think that was the first time I've ever seen three goals scored with it with your goalie pulled. I mean, I've seen two before, but three, that's crazy. Unfortunately, and Oiler Nation knows this all too well, that should not have been a goal. Ryan Kessler clearly, clearly pulling on the man Cam Talbot's pad. And obviously the puck slides through the five hole. Should have been disallowed. I'm with y'all, but now you guys stuck in a hole, man, down a game. Connor McDavid, a.k.a. Connor McJesus, needs to step up. He needs to stick it to Ryan Getzlaff, who is uh, owning this series right now. Hey, yo. Ottawa's taking a 3-2 lead in their series with the Rangers. Anything you want to touch on there? No, yo, I think that's a good place to uh, wrap up the episode, actually. (laughs) Nothing to say there. Fuck, should have been the Leafs. Real shit.